This is the reality. And a very special hello to you. Welcome indeed to The Reality with me, Dudley Anderson. So good to be with you once again, sharing the story of a life touched and changed for the good, for good by the reality of Christ. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, which is supported by you, our listener. Please find out more and indeed contact us through the website surereality.net. Well, today on The Reality, we're meeting up with Karima Imodi, founder and CEO of No Walls Television. Growing up as a Muslim, Karima did not have a biblical understanding of who Jesus Christ is. Her story is a powerful testimony of God's pursuit of a woman who didn't want or need their Jesus. But then one day, after she asked Jesus to confirm a miracle that she prayed for, he made himself very real to her. And then this thought came to my head, well, you didn't say what it was Allah, which is the God of Islam or Jesus. I thought I need to know for sure. I, I gotta know for sure. And so I said, if this is Jesus, make the rain stop. If it's a lie, keep it stopped. About a second goes past and the rain breaks out again. And then this is something that happened. This is the only time I've heard the audible voice of God. You ask me for confirmation and still you doubt me. And I just start to cry. Karima Imodi is an award-winning filmmaker, playwright, poet, singer, and published author. Today we speak with Karima via Skype. Well, it's so great to speak with you, Karima Imodi, for today's The Reality. Karima, you've got a great story to tell about how you find the reality of Jesus Christ in your life. Tell us your story. Oh, well, first, thank you so much for having me on Sure Reality. I really appreciate the opportunity to tell my story about how good Jesus is and how he comes after you. To be perfectly honest, Dudley, I wasn't looking for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's the crazy part about it, because you don't have to be looking for something, and at least not um, knowingly or intentionally, yet Jesus will still find you. Mm-hmm. And so my story is is this. this. I was um, living the quote-unquote American dream. I was you know, doing really well in my profession, you know, the nice place, the six-figure income, you know, the powerful black woman that's doing well in America. Yet, I, no one knew um, I was suicidal, panic attacks, Mm. um, anxiety, constantly was going through a major, what I didn't know it at the time, but I was going through a major spiritual, emotional trauma. Mm. And I just thought I was failing or wasn't good enough or wasn't strong enough or wasn't whatever it was. And I would just remember that in that season of my life, I was, you know, going to work, coming home every day. I was afraid to go to sleep because I thought I was dying, Hmm. yet was suicidal because I didn't want to live because I was in so much pain. And then the stress on my life was so bad that I developed these these amazingly painful ulcers that I at one point I couldn't even drink water without being in pain. Wow. And so, um, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. And so I was calling my father, my dad, who, who was a uh, Muslim, of course, at least at that time. I got to say before he passed a few months ago. Um, but, yeah, my I called my dad I was like, Daddy, I'm not feeling any comfort. Mm-hmm. I'm praying. You know, I been, you know, was taught to pray. I was raised in the nation of Islam, convert, then went to true Islam, quote unquote. Um, start practicing, you know, praying five times a day, praying in Arabic. Nothing was giving me any peace. The things that, you know, reading the Quran, no peace. Hmm. This, you know, fear constantly in, in fear, afraid to have a panic attack at a meeting. And my dad was having 
Tiffany moms call me, which is the, what we call what we, the equivalent of a pastor in a church. Um, and nothing no one said was giving me any peace. Hmm. And I remember all night, I would sit up all night afraid to sleep. And the only time that I lived in this place, my, my children were adults, by myself in my condo and I would sit there all night in the TV room and though I didn't watch TV it was just there more for for uh, decorations but I would turn it on and the only time I would get any peace Dudley was when I would turn it on to these Christian television programs Mm -hmm. and I didn't make the connection then I just remember the few hours that when I was finally in exhaustion fall asleep right before I had to get up to go to work it would be on the Christian television program. Now, I had this friend that lived in the condo over top of me. So we both work for this large corporation. Um, and um, and she, and I always say I would mention her name, just like the woman with the alabaster box that broke the oil over her over, um, for G- and washed Jesus' feet with her hair. Mm-hmm. He said her name would always be mentioned. So I always mention her name. Her name was Rose Hunt. Mm-hmm. And she was Christian. I was Muslim. And she were, I worked in the education arm of this large corporation. They had a nonprofit arm. And I ran the um the education and she ran the community development. And if you're familiar with community development and communities, it's always messy. People are always angry. There's always Mm. stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And I just remember watching her life and it would be all these crazy things, email streams. People would go to the paper, say horrible things for her. And she would say things like, I'm just going to make my Emmy, my footstool, or I'm just going to pray for them. Now, you know, coming from the Muslim faith, I was like, pray for them. What you really need to do. I was like, what it happens, and then I would just watch time after time, Dudley, these things just dematerialize. All this horrible stuff people would say, and she would just get out of it. it, it would, <laughs> and I would be like, what is it? And I started to call her the Teflon Don. Now, if you guys, you know, I know you have worldwide listeners, but it was at one point, it was this mafia man in New York that they could never charge. They could never get any racketeering charges to stick. Eventually, they were, and they called him the Teflon Don. <laughs> So I started to call her that and she just would laugh because I'm like, nothing, every, nothing sticks. No matter what they try against you, it always fails. And I and uh, And so this is one of the points I like to make to Christians that are listening, that um, people that are non-Christian, we watch you. And even though I'm Christian now at that time, I was, you know, later in life when I accepted Christ, I, I, I was watching her. And though I had lots of Christian friends, nothing bad, but I, it was nothing about their faith that made me want their religion. I didn't want anything to do with your faith. Hmm. It didn't seem to be working for you. But for the first time, I, I knew it was her faith because she would say it audibly. I'm going to just make my enemies my food. I'm just going to pray for them. And I would <laughs> see stuff that just shouldn't be able to happen, happen. Wow. And so, yeah, it was kind of crazy. So I, I just want all Christians and believers to know that people watch your life. Mm-hmm. If you are mm-hmm. living a life that doesn't match what you say, you don't say anything. You just watch and say, eh, I'm OK. So when you go to try to tell people about your Jesus, they don't want to hear it because they're like, it's not working for your life. So don't try to preach him or get me to go to church with you because I don't see him working. Hmm. So anyway, uh, moving forward, one day she decided she asked me to go to her church. Now, you got to imagine in the particular profession I was in, I was always doing public speaking. So I had spoken at many churches before. So it wasn't like going to a church was something different for me. You know, it was just something I did as part of my jobs. And so when she asked me, I only did it primarily out of respect for her because I have awesome. She's just older to me. She was just very powerful. And I just had a lot of respect for her. So I said, well, no problem. Hmm. I'll go. You know, she asked me before one other time and I said no. But at this point, I just said, eh, why not? So I went to her church. It was a message. And it was Pastor um, Brian Bennett from the West, a Wesleyan church. But they were kind of charismatic, I guess you would call it. They were, you know, had a great worship team, hmm. great music, you know, great sermon. I mean, it was nothing that I was like, hit by the sermon no 
Mm. Um, now, you got to remember, this is at the time when I'm going through this amazingly difficult emotional trauma and physical pain. Mm. So at the end of the sermon, they don't they didn't really take an offering. They just told you there's an envelope in the back of your seat. Just, you know, if you want to give, give and, you know, drop it off on your way out. I was like, OK. And so on the back of the envelope, though, it had a prayer request. And at this point, you had to you know, understand I was in so much pain mm. physically and emotionally that I wrote on the back, you know, God, if you're God or show yourself or something to that effect. I can't remember exactly. <laughs> and I remember um, in like a couple of days later, I get a phone call, though. I didn't know it was from the pastor because, of course, I didn't know the number. So I let it go to voicemail. And this is my second point I would like to make to Christians. And all the years I have been going to churches, I have always filled out those forms. Mm-hmm. I was just one of these people. Anybody can pray for me. I don't care. I mean, I need prayer. So if, if your God works, I, mine, whatever, just pray. Mm-hmm. No one had ever called me. That was the first time in many years I've spoken in all the churches I had spoken to um, that someone actually called me. So another point I like to make to Christians, when you when you don't be surprised how many people would be open to a phone call for their prayer request because they're hurting if they wrote it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I didn't pick up the phone. And I told my friend when I listened to my message, oh, your pastor called. What does he want? I don't want to talk to him. You know, she's like, just do it. And so I didn't do it because I wanted to talk to him. I actually called him back or that he's had secretary set an appointment to meet with me only out of respect for Rose. And so I go to this meeting and uh, I meet with him and he knew I was a, a Muslim and I didn't know behind the scenes. They have been praying and Rose and number of people because I was very well known, very popular and a very well-known Muslim. Mm-hmm. So I was like this big fish and they were thinking <laughs> if we can pray her out of the depths Come and on. she tells to tell her story. Oh man, we're going to get a lot of people saved and they were absolutely white. Uh-huh. Um, so um, anyway, he, I walked into this meeting he, and he had me this book called the case for Christ huh. by Lee Strubble. Now I don't know if your listeners are familiar with it. If you're not, I should have stock in that company. I've told so many people about this book. Um, <laughs> but basically the book was by a Pulitzer prize winning atheist who had set out to prove that Jesus was a lie. And at that point, 10 years ago, he had been a pastor 25 years. Mm -hmm. And so the book, and I'm one of these people, I don't want you to emotionally charge me. I need to be taught. So I'm very analytical. So it's like, I need, and so that book was exactly what I needed. It, by two thirds of the way of the book, the way it broke everything down, it basically dispelled all the myths. Now he went in there with all these ideas to disprove Christianity. And in the process, Christianity and Jesus was proven to him. So about two thirds of the way through the book, I'm like, okay, I call my father because, you know, in our faith, you know, it's like if you, you know, become Muslim, if you're Muslim and then you go to become a Christian, it's horrible. You can lose everything, your family, you can be disowned. And so I called my father. Now, you got to know, I've been talking to him because I was a daddy's girl, you know, you know, telling him what was going on. I told my dad about two thirds of the way of the book, I put it down and I was nervous. But at this point, I needed something and this was making sense to me. And I said, Daddy, um. I don't know, but I think I want to try this Christianity thing out. I, I've been reading this book and it's just making sense. Like a lot of stuff we were told is not true, daddy. And he was quiet. And then he said, daughter, you're going to always be my daughter. Mm-hmm. And that was the freeing moment that I had wow. at that. He didn't, uh, didn't disprove it, but he, did, he was letting me know no matter what I do, I was going to always be his daughter. So mm-hmm. don't let that. And at this point, you could imagine as a parent, he's worried about me because I'm in so much pain and I'm dealing with so much. Um, so anyway, 
about three or four days later, I can't remember the exact time frame. I have been waiting like six months to get into this gastroenterologist about these ulcers because at this point, I have been taking every medicine. And I had great insurance because I worked for a great company. So they had given me everything and nothing mm. was making the, the ulcers subside. I mean, and literally even that morning, I couldn't drink water without being in excruciating pain. Mm. That's how much they hurt. Wow. Um, and so I've been waiting six months to get to this gastroenterologist for this appointment for them to look and take a scope in my stomach to see what's going on because I'm in constant pain. So I'm driving to the doctor's office. Um, and and at the time, my windshield wiper on the driver's side was broken. I hadn't gotten it fixed yet for whatever reason. Women, we got to do better. <laughs> we just <laughs> let stuff go into the mess. Mm-hmm. And so I'm driving to the doctor's office and then the rain breaks out, Dudley, like a monsoon. <laughs> Even if I would have had both of my windshield wipers working, I couldn't have driven in that deluge of water. It was just coming down like sheets. So I have to pull over, almost hit a car, and I pull over into a parking lot. And I'm stressing out because I'm like, I can't miss this appointment because it took me six months to get it. If I miss it, it could be another six months. And I'm in like so much pain. And so I pull into the parking lot. I said out loud, I said, God, if you're God, stop the rain and get me safely to the doctor's office. The rain immediately stopped (laughs) like it was not naturally possible for rain to stop. That was coming down that heavy that quickly. I'm not talking about it drizzled down. It just completely stopped. Praise God. And so on my hallelujah and on my windshield wiper, you know, I drove a Volvo. So uh, it has this stuff on the windshield of Volvo that beads up water to make it doesn't stick. And I remember looking at the bead of water. Then my windshield wiper, my windshield got dry. So it's like no water. This in front of my eyes, just the water all just was gone. The beads of water were gone. Mm. So you can imagine, I'm freaking out now. I'm like, what the heck is happening? Is the rain stopped there? I'm looking all around, but I'm pulling out of the parking lot because I'm like, I still, I'm, I'm happy, but I'm like, I don't know what's going on because the rain just stopped. And I asked him like, did it stop because of me? I'm like totally freaking out. And I'm driving to the doctor's office. So I was going to pull into the driveway of the doctor's office. And then this thought come to my head, well, you didn't say what it was Allah, which is the God of Islam, or Jesus. Hmm. And so as I pulled into the doctor's office, I, I thought I need to know for sure. I, I got to know for sure. And so I say, if this is Jesus, make the rain stop. If it's a lie, keep it stopped. About a second goes past and the rain breaks out again. <laughs> Just breaks out. Wow. And now in my mind, because it took about a second, my mind thought, okay, well, Emma, was it sure? And then this is something that happened. This is the only time I've heard the audible voice of God. I'm just as clear as I'm talking to you. I can hear your voice, Dudley. I hear mm. voices say, you asked me for confirmation and still you doubt me. And I just start to cry. Mm. I called my friend Rose and she started to scream and shout hallelujah because they had been praying. I didn't know at the time they had been praying for me. And two days later on November 17, 2010, I accepted Jesus Christ as my oh. Lord and Savior. Praise God. What an amazing story. You know, sometimes sometimes we think it's irreverent to ask God simple questions like, hey, Lord, let the rain stop. But God uses circumstances like that. Amazing story. This is a, a great, great opportunity to speak to you, Karima. We're going to take a little break and get back after this. You are listening to The Reality, produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported ministry. We value your prayers and support very much. You can help us touch millions of people with the reality of Christ by becoming a vision partner. Visit surereality.net and click on Become a Vision Partner. That is, become a vision partner at surereality.net. Listen again to The Reality on our podcasts at surereality.net.
If you've just tuned in, a very hearty hello to you from me, Dr. Anderson. This is The Reality, a half-hour talk show talking about the reality of real life as found through a relationship with God in Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more, I'd love to hear from you. Drop me an email, dudley, D-U-D-L-E-Y, at surereality.net. Today on Reality, we're speaking with Karima Imodi, who grew up as a Muslim. She didn't know the reality of who Jesus Christ is. When life became so stressed for her and she was overcome with anxieties and illness, Karima began to seek God in a very real way. One day, she turned on Christian television and the Lord spoke right into her heart. But she didn't turn to Jesus just yet. So God brought caring Christian folks into Karima's life and one lady invited her to church. She wasn't particularly hit by the sermon in the church, but on the back of an envelope used for donations, there was a response form. The pastor then followed up by giving her a call. When she met with him, he gave her a book to read that changed her life. And then an incident on the road when she prayed to Jesus to stop the rain because the windscreen wipers of her car were not working, and Jesus stopped the rain instantly, convinced her of the reality of Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Karima Imuri gave her life to Jesus Christ. We're speaking with Karima via Skype today. Let's find out more. Talking to Karima Amori today on The Reality. What an amazing story, how the Lord stepped into your life. And yes, you were a Muslim, but the truth be told, Karima, you didn't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, and he revealed himself to you. You gave your heart to Christ and followed him. What a wonderful story. Now, uh, something that you, you picked up on in your thread as you were talking was the fact that we as Christians often miss opportunity to share our faith or follow up on uh, on a witness, follow up on a, on a kind gesture or a kind word to somebody. We miss the opportunity, don't we? Scripture says we need to be ready to give a reason for the hope that we profess. And it also says, these three remain faith, hope, and love. The greatest is love. So how, is, how can I, as a, as a Christian, make the most of these opportunities? Well, the first thing I will say is that um, one of the things I say, if your life was the only Bible someone would read, what would it tell them about Christ? Mm. And so Rose Hunt lived that in front of me. Her life, she was kind. She was forceful. I mean, she, was, I mean, she wasn't a, a shrinking violet. But she did things in love. She literally, she would have done anything for me. I was not a Christian. I've never seen someone that goes so far. Her life exemplified the God that she believed in. So I tell people, the first thing you need to do is to make sure that your life reflects Christ. Mm -hmm. And she lived a life that made me want, I was envious and not in a negative way of whatever it was she had. I wanted it. Since then, I emulated that. And that's the way I live my life. I live a life that people want to have. Dudley, the reality is our life is too small to be the purpose of our existence. Mm, mm. And your life is just too small to be the purpose of your existence. Your life is much bigger than just you and your family and your <laughs> your home and your your relatives. Your life is what well, you were created to change nations. And that that um, responsibility to go and preach to the nations is whatever platform you been given, whether it's on your job, whether it's um, in, in your relationships with your children. We want to believe that Jesus is inside of a church, but he doesn't have one. God is not inside the church. Mm. God is inside of us. Mm. So I always tell people wherever I come, the atmosphere shift because I'm aware of what, who I carry. Mm. I'm aware that I'm a tabernacle. I'm aware that I'm an ark of God. So therefore, my life has to reflect someone who's 
um, knows that she's carrying Christ everywhere she goes. Mm. You know, I once preached in the street, and uh, I don't know if you've preached in the street, but you pick up a lot of Many fl- times. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> flack and a lot of, you know, criticism, and people shout at you. I remember one guy next to next to me in the team that we were in the street. Somebody walked up to him literally and kicked him in the shin just for preaching. <laughs> wow. It's just sad. Well, then but, you know, that was but, that demon inside of me. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> but the, the truth is, and, and, and I picked up on this when I was preaching in the street. I said, ladies and gentlemen, whoever is listening to me, I said, why are we doing this? We're doing this for two reasons. One, because we love God and we want to do what God has commanded us to do and he's told us to tell you about him. Two, because we love you and we want you to go to be where uh, where he is and to be, have, the, have the freedom and the joy that we have in Jesus. So the motive of our ministry is love. Again, the greatest of these is love, the scripture says. So now, um, you were a Muslim, okay? So there could be somebody listening in today, and uh, they're not a Christian. Perhaps they're a follower of another faith, Islam or, or any other religion, and they're thinking that we're trying to get at them. Do you think we're trying to get at them, uh, Karima, or are we just trying to share the love of Jesus? You know, that was interesting because that was something, Some of the those are some of the myths that I believed in too. But the reality is, what do I gain from you having eternal life. Come on, yes. You you know, so if I'm sharing something with you that's going to change your life forever, then there has to be more than just me because that your you're going to heaven won't change my life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to heaven, period. That's mm-hmm. you know, we say in our church, either we're going to heaven or we're going to heaven. It's not even <laughs> an option to go anywhere else. You know, so you know, this whole mythology is a lot of these are, you know, I know that are, you know, they're 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 schemes of the enemy of Satan to keep us in this this, this idea that, oh, you just want me in the church, you know, oh, because you can get my money or look. No, when Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to build my church in the gates of hell, we cannot come against it. He didn't mention Karima. He didn't mention Dudley. Mm-hmm. He didn't mention you who is ever listening. Mm-hmm. He's going to build his church with or without us. But. The, he wants it to be with us because he wants us to spend eternity with him because he created us to have a family. Mm-hmm. Therefore, my only desire is to see you spend eternity in heaven. And the only desire Satan has or any other faith outside of Christ mm-hmm. is to have you spend eternity in hell, whether they recognize it or not. Yeah, yeah. Just because you don't know something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Just because you don't work. You don't you don't believe in gravity. Well, jump off a three story building and <laughs> gravity is going to tell you about them. So you don't have to believe that there's a hell for the hell to be real. And so there's this deception, this covering, this covering cast, this veil over the eyes of people that are trying to make them think a good God, a just God wouldn't send you to hell. God doesn't. It's not an emotional God. God follows his law, his mm-hmm. word. His word says and hell was not created for us. However, because we have disassociated or disconnected from him we end up in hell if we don't accept him and the only thing we have to do is accept him mm-hmm. god is so loving he came after me i wasn't looking for god i didn't want jesus i wasn't looking for jesus but this is why i found him i believe this too with everything so i'm, I'm a big speaker on the power of words i would always say as a muslim i have to go to paradise i have to go to heaven mm-hmm. I said that my whole life. So I tried to live a pretty decent life as a Muslim. Was I perfect? No. But it was very important to me to be kind and, and be generous because I wanted to go to heaven. Hmm. And I know just like the um, the, the the man um, from that sent, uh, you know, when Peter was on the roof in Joppa and the man Cornelius that was given, the, the angel came and said that your arms have came up to God. Hmm. That his works, he was a uh, he was he was a quote unquote an infidel. Mm-hmm. He was not a, a ch- children of Israel, but because he had been doing good works, 
he the angel came and said, call, send people to Joppa, get Peter. And Peter came to the man's house and everybody got saved. Mm-hmm. And what am I saying is that just because you don't may not know God now, God is going to keep coming after you if you're trying to live right. And I know I was that same person that the man that sent the people from Joppa because I had lived right. I, I was generous. I was kind. I was always trying to do things for people. And God hurt my heart. But he also knew the only way that I could go to heaven is by accepting him. So God is going to keep continue to send people in your life. So that person that's listening, that's saying that that person is always trying to get them to come to church, that that or the person that you're watching that you're envying because you don't understand why their life is like it is. It's because that person hasn't told you about Jesus. And I want to admonish every Christian, stop taking credit for what God is doing in your life. Mm-hmm. You're not successful because of you. You're successful because of him and his grace. And if we spend more time telling people on our social platforms and the platforms we have that our success is God instead of being making God an afterthought. Well, I'm melt, I'm self-made, but I give God praise. Hmm. No, hmm. God gets the praise, and I'm not self-made. There's no such, such thing as self-made. Everything belongs to Him, and we're just stewards while we're on this earth. And some of us, if we're wise stewards, are given more to handle, but it still all comes from God. Amen. Praise God. Well, Karima, what a great story indeed. And now you're involved in various Christian ministry. I believe you're a singer, musician, wonderful, praise God. But you're also a founder and the CEO of a new television ministry called No Walls TV. In closing, tell us a little bit about that. Oh, this is something... Thank you so much for asking about No Walls. As a matter of fact, our launch was supposed to be a few days ago. We had a couple of technical difficulties, oh. but it, it but it actually is going to be by the end of the day. The website is going to be the stream, but we'll be on by the time this broadcast will be on Roku, Amazon Fire. Um, it was a dream that God gave me. It's called No Walls. You know, we're taking God out of the television. It's a it's, it's Christian television that it entertains, educates make you laugh and informs. Mm. And the reason God gave it to me, the ideal is that this whole notion that the only, and I believe in going to church. Now I want that to be clear. I'm the God said, do not forsake the fellowship of the brethren. Mm. But I also know if we think that the only way we're going to bring people to Christ is inside the church, we are mistaken. Church is wherever you are. And no walls television um, is to break down that barrier that being Christian makes you somehow less. This is not going to be a television network with sermons only. They will have, you know, sermons uh, to some extent, but our whole focus is Christian television, Christian sitcoms, drama, cooking shows, television shows, mm-hmm. anything you will see on mainstream media, but from a, well, from people that are Christ, who live for Christ. Because what I always tell everybody, my life is lit as a Christian. This whole dynamic and this whole narrative that has been sold by Satan and make us think that all Christians are racist, homophobes, and horrible people is a lie. Mm. But instead of us saying, tisk tisk, oh, it's so horrible, we have to create our own media. And most of the media that we have now for Christians are, are sermons. Mm-hmm. Yet there's so many amazing Christian content creators that don't have a platform to uh, to showcase their work or they're told in mainstream that they have to change. They can't talk about Jesus. They can't. It's too wholesome. Nobody's going to watch it. But that's a lie. And so um, No Walls Television was created to build a platform for Christian content creators to put their content on um, broadcast television. Fantastic. Well, we pray the blessing of the Lord upon it and uh, certainly look forward to uh, finding that online. Give us an addre- a, a web address quickly. It's nowallstv.tv. No Walls, N-O-W-A-L-L-S, TV, 
tv fantastic looking forward to that well it's so wonderful to be able to speak to you today uh, karima and uh, we pray god's blessing upon your life your ministry and keep on sharing that testimony thank you for joining us on the reality well today on the reality we've been speaking to karima emodi what an amazing story once again, if you'd like to know more about the work that she's doing, please visit the website nowallstv.tv. If you have any questions or perhaps you've been listening up today and you'd like to know more about this Jesus that we've been talking about, please write me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, which is a listener-supported radio ministry. With your help and support, we can produce these radio programs to impact many, many lives around the world. Please consider partnering with us by becoming a vision partner at the website surereality.net. From me, Dudley Anderson, to you as always, walk in the sure reality of Christ. Christ.